there we go. We have hit record. We're not doing no fancy intro. Well, here we can do we can do just a little a little baby one. This is Carmel Baron. You're listening to the Hidden Oaks Overdose Football Fix. Thank you, Carmel Bear, you breathy bastard. Uh, today is July 27th, 2022. I am Garlic. That is Josh. We're podcasting. Ta-da. Um, another, yeah. summer, another summer pod. We don't give a shit about this time, this time of year. We're just trying to do it so we don't get really, really bad at this. Um, yeah, I don't know. We didn't. We don't. We don't really have segments for today. I mean, the one thing I want to bring up because it's making the news right now. It's very topical as of today. So anyone who listens to this within the next couple of days, uh, but Josh, this is breaking news. It might. Um, it might startle you. It might make you uncomfortable. It might do a bunch of things to your emotions that you didn't even know was possible. But um, as quoted from Quasi Adolfo Mensa um, uh, from an interview in May. Breaking news, Josh. Kirk Cousins is, in fact, not Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes, just in case you're wondering. All the news segments have picked it up either yesterday or today. Just in case you didn't know, Kirk Cousins is not Tom Brady. How does that make you feel? I feel like I got a whole bunch of stuff to go return to Target now. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know, dude. It's from, I think the article, the full article just came out, but the quote is from an interview in May, and Quasi was like, yeah, I just got this GM job. I was trying to think about what to do with QB. We all know, or I don't even think he said he, we all know, but he was like, yeah, by the way, Kirk Cousins is not Tom Brady. Kirk Cousins is not Patrick Mahomes. Um, and it's really, really hard to get a Tom Brady or a Patrick Mahomes, so what do you do? Is basically what he was saying. And so I don't I don't think, I don't know. I don't think the quote was that controversial, but, you know, news media got a news media. They got to ride the wave of there's really not any news just yet. So everyone's picking it up, and it's being played everywhere. So I don't know. Yeah, and here, here I thought you were going to come over come out and say you know found out kyler murray can't read so now you need a tutor <laughs> i mean that's do you want to talk about that that's another little topical thing i mean we're just we're just free ball on this podcast kyler murray's got a, a study hall clause in his contract he has to do what four hours a day or so many hours a week whatever it was yeah I mean, something like, like that nine million tied to it or something like that i don't remember exactly i thought it was um because I listened to McAfee yesterday, and I guess if I, I wasn't like intently listening, but I thought that there was a like um, more. I thought it was all of it. Like a hundred million could be voided just because he doesn't oh, fulfill his side of the mate. deal. That, it, that's possible. Which I think would be, I I would watch four hours of film a day if somebody paid me, you know, a hundred million dollars. Just a quick hunch mill. Yeah, no, I mean, I guess, yeah, it's nice to be talented. Like they were saying on the show yesterday, um, if he's done what he has um, without studying, it's kind of uh, kind of embarrassing for the rest of the league. But at the same time, um, they talked about his record after. Um, so I guess somebody put together his record after the new Call of Duty drops each year. Yeah. <laughs> and it so goes bad. from like, it, it like inverses. It's like seven and two, seven and two, and then... Or like seven wins, six wins, five wins before, and then one win, two win after. It's it's crazy. It was fucking adorable, dude. I love that little graph. Call of Duty confirm is tanking Kyler Murray's career. I don't even know how to respond to that perfectly, but yeah, it was bizarre. It was bizarre to see, bizarre to read. Uh, but yeah, Kyler Murray got a contract. Kirk Cousins is not. Um, Kirk Cousins is not Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes. I know a lot of people were concerned. They were thinking about it. But uh, yeah, just the way she goes. All right, Josh. Have we heard what the Have we heard what the butthole bandit's suspension is yet? The uh, the, 
little bit. <laughs> no, there's been no about um, Deshaun Watson. There's no confirmed any like. I mean, they've said anywhere from like two games to all season. Um, Alvin Kamara. There's no word on that suspension. Uh, DeAndre's got what four games or six games or something. Six. Yeah. And then Kelvin Ridley, that bastard, throwing a thousand dollars down on a bet. And they picked Just the Falcons to win. Of all things, is he didn't even like throw. He wasn't shaving. He wasn't Paul Crew out here, longest yard shaving points. He he picked the Falcons to win. Um, wasn't it like a donation bet too? I I don't know about that. I can't confirm that. We we should speculate, like going, Josh. Are are we no worse than the media we were just criticizing moments ago? I feel like it was going towards sick puppies or something like that. And Roger Goodell said no. <laughs> I'm said, the one making him sick. Go fuck yourself. Those are my sick puppies. That's my hobby. I've always kind of thought to myself, Roger Goodell is one sick puppy, so it all makes sense. Uh, but do you want to get right into it, Josh? You want to, you want to roll? See. Si. All right. So last year, I'll give the background, and then you can give kind of the new fresh face we spun on it. But last year, in our July pod, we did like some way too early July redraft fave farves. So we did far fave farves, so four different categories with four different players in each um and last year how we did it was um we did two good quarter two good categories and two bad categories it was like because the top 36 adp are all supposed to be studs right like that's why their adp is so high if you're taking a player in the first three round they should be in the first three rounds it should be a pretty sure thing and so one of our categories it was like players we're avoiding in the top 36 um and then another one was reaches which is a good category players were avoiding in the mid rounds and then some sleepers players you're taking at the end of drafts you're hoping that are like boom or bust um but you're hoping they boom and so you wanted you love alliteration josh so you've put a little different spin on it this year we're still doing four categories we're still doing five players in each of the five categories but what do we got this year so we've got the five b's of drafts so similar to the five d's of dodgeball this is the five b's of drafts the bums the babes the bots the buttes the bums are the guys you don't want in the top 36 the babes are the ones they'll take one round ahead of their draft position the bots are the ones that you're just avoiding the buttes are the league winners after round 10 all right, we got some bubs, some babes, some bums, some babes, some bots, and some buttes. Um, we've got our spreadsheet open. We've got the ADP listed here uh, based on sleepers, redraft, PPR, ADP, just so everyone knows. But then uh, this is as of July 13th. Not that anyone cares. It's two weeks ago, but how many people are doing redrafts in July? <laughs> uh, yeah, no. <laughs> Josh is messing with the spreadsheet right now, and he's ruining everything. Anyways, all right, Josh. Uh, do you want me to go first? Do you want you to go first? Do you just want to sit here and go every other? Or do you want to naturally go down the ADP, and then you know maybe you'll have a couple in a row just based on how the ADP goes? Or how do you want to do this? It's just, yeah, I like that one. Let's do uh, natural. Let's just go natural. Or ADP. down the down, Yep, down the ADP. All right, well, going down the ADP with a, and then roughly redraft PPR ADP of 4.8. Austin Eckler, um, he's going the fourth player off the board. I've got Austin Eckler as a bum. Not because Austin Eckler's bad, not because I hate the Chargers. My, my documentation, my documented love of the Chargers could not run truer through this podcast. It is very clear I am a Chargers fan. However, taking Austin Eckler fourth overall, the dude had 20 touchdowns last year. That's a lot of fucking touchdowns. I expect some regression. I love Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler was going at the end of round one last year, and he became a great value because he got so many touchdowns. I would very happily take Austin Eckler pick eight, pick nine, pick ten. Taking Austin Eckler as the fourth 
pick off the board the fourth running back i can't do it so therefore um i don't think austin eckler will turn on his adp and so assuming austin eckler goes in the top half of drafts uh, or the top half of the first round i don't want him so that's why i got austin eckler as a bum and i'd much rather take um you know Najee harris joe mixon um you know i'd rather take those running backs over austin eckler speaking of Najee harris he is my bum um, not because he's bad, not because I hate him. Had him on my team last year. Had a lot of ups, a lot of downs, but they ran him into the ground. I think he had like 400 touches or something ridiculous. Big Ben's gone, so they got the MVP and I don't know the racist Rudolph, the race, racist reindeer, um, <laughs> and and then a rookie as the quarterback. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, there's that alliteration for you. We got him. But uh, I don't think, and so and I don't know what they've done to that offensive line that was offensive in the first place, but uh, um, I just don't see, I, I mean, if he could stay durable, yeah, he might be worth the seventh overall pick, but I just, I'm not banking on something like that. I think that they need to spell him at some point and they can't throw the ball because everybody knows that they can't throw it to their team with their quarterback. So um, I'd, I'm going to have him as a bomb this season. All right. So to be clear, um, so I was so you, so you wouldn't take him at all, even if he like slipped into the second round. Like you're, there's not a point where oh, Nashi becomes no, a value. Saying, I guess you did that for Austin Eckler. I was thinking yeah. I should do that too. I mean, if he so let, let's say that I was like pick ten of twelve, and he fell to me in the second, I'd take him at pick whatever twenty four that is. But twenty four? <laughs> what? Uh, nope. Um, Fourteen. Fourteen. <laughs> 14 there's 24 picks in two I rounds i think it's 15 isn't it it's not sure gar <laughs> i would take them you know i would take them there maybe even if i was at the turn i'd take them in my first pick second round late first round or end of the first round in a 12 person league but sure yeah um it all depends on how the running back situation shook out beforehand Sure, that makes sense. Yeah, because it looks like you know wide receivers are going. I know sometimes wide receivers go pretty early, but wide receivers seem like they're going to go at least that. You know, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. They seem like they're going to go like top six picks, depending on what kind of league you're in. So that'll be interesting. Um, but all right, so you had a bum. I have a bum. We're tied for the next bum, so I'll go first since you just shared. We both have Debo Samuel as a bum. Um, Again, this is a top 36 guy. I understand the appeal. Debo Samuel helped carried me to the championship game in the um, Hidden Oaks Redraft League last year. I am a big fan of Debo Samuel and what he's able to do for me. I don't feel that he is going to return value at a 20 ADP. This is, you know, we're on the, the second half of the second round. But, you know, I took Debo Samuel in, what, the sixth, seventh, eighth round last year? May, maybe the fifth round? Um, and so that's why he was such a, a good value value we got trey lance coming in he's going to take some um some running work um and then we also have kin trey lance throw the ball well one of the biggest reports out of camp is that trey lance is struggling to deliver the ball to receivers and i've never been a quarterback josh uh unless we're counting the turkey bowl i've never been a successful sports player ever in anything i've ever done sports wise except for, i mean a lot of people would consider bowling a sport but Anyways, if Trey Lance is struggling to throw the ball and if Trey Lance is going to run himself, you're just cratering Debo Samuel's value. And so I think Debo Samuel is going to help people on their fantasy team, but he's not going to return value at a 20 ADP. Um, so I am definitely not taking Debo Samuel in the second round. Same. No, I, I agree with everything. That <laughs> <Yes. you're... laughs> I agree with everything you said. Um, I mean, he's 
he had what he's had one full season of no injuries uh he missed two the two previous seasons not full seasons but he only played like five and eight games didn't even play um hasn't played over half a season except for last year which you know is gonna help his value quite a bit i think you know i think he was like my lone bright spot in the um deflate these balls league and i think during the draft when we started that what three years ago now yeah um because we're in the third year of the um whatever entering the third year after the auction i think i got him for a buck in the auction draft so it's you know he he's coming he has a lot of injury history um if he stays healthy plays 17 games then we have to look at what you had said with the quarterback situation um and you know just repeating what he did as you know because he was pretty historic in what he did last year so um yeah not going to take him at 20. Yeah, I got him, to be clear, I went back to see the draft board from last year. I took Debo Samuel at the end of the sixth round last year. So at a 14-man team, 14 times six. I'm not doing the math in my head. It's a high number. It's not anywhere near 20. Um, so getting Debo Samuel at the end of the sixth round, a 14-person team, is a lot different than taking him, you know, in the mid to end of the second round. And I just don't think he'll return value. So um, we each have Debo Samuel as a bum. Not a bad player, but not, you know, not worth it for us in the top 36. All right, next, I got Javante Williams as a bum. He's projected at ADP, exactly at ADP 24. Um, you know, he is, so that'd be right at the end of the second round, the turn between the two, three. Um, Javante Williams is a good running back. He's a great dynasty asset, but it's pretty clear that when Javante and Melvin are um, splitting carries and this and that, Javante just isn't going to be the fantasy player you want him to be. Uh, so I think he's a good asset in Dynasty. I think it ha- should Melvin go down, Javante will be just fine. But I think um, you know Melvin Gordon's going to get plenty of carries. If anything, Melvin Gordon was more of the lead back last year. So even if they go from like a 60-40 Melvin last year to a 60 in favor of Javante this year, Melvin's going to be getting plenty of work in that Denver offense. Plus they got Russell Wilson now instead of fucking Noah Fant. Or not Noah Fant, but um, what the fuck? Drew Locke, was that his name? So... Uh, I like Javante Williams. think he's uh, fine, but I am not taking him at the 2-3 turn. No chance. Fair. Another guy that I probably wouldn't take at the 2-3 turn. Uh, right after him in ADP, uh, we got Leonard Fournette, or Lunchtime Lenny, as they're calling him nowadays. Um, he is you know, I'm apparently reported in the camp 30 pounds over what he played at. Granted, he's probably lost weight, and it's a lot of the you know off-season media stuff. Um, but I don't know. I just... Haven't necessarily been a fan. I don't think that, you know, I might, if depending on, he might be a good pick at that if all of the running backs ahead of him had already been taken. Um, But I don't like, you know, I would rather take a flyer on a different guy like, uh, well, Keenan Allen would still be available. I'd much rather take him over uh, Leonard Fournette, even if it would be my third wide receiver already. And I only had one running back. Um, So I don't know. Not a big fan of Fournette. Wasn't last year and he did fine, but still not. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I know we're not really doing a bunch of retorts for each other. For the record, I won't sit here and get into it, but I actually like Lenny. Um, so I would take Lenny at the 2-3 or three turnout. I have no problem doing that myself, just for a little countertake, but um, we don't have to sit here and fight about it. Um, right next to we picked a lot of bums right in a row here, kind of more at the end of the... Uh, at the end of the first three rounds but uh bum i don't like aj brown obviously good receiver talented receiver 
There's just a lot of question marks for me in Philly. Jalen Hurts isn't a bad quarterback. How good is he going to be? How like we've seen really good receivers go to different situations and just not have that same chemistry. Um, not saying that Jalen Hurts isn't significantly better than Daniel Jones, but Kenny Galladay going into New York last year with Daniel Jones, Kenny Galladay absolutely disafucking peered. So I'm not saying that AJ Brown's going to have the exact same situation, but I, I'm to me AJ Brown is just way too uncertain for a beginning of the third round pick. So I'm not saying AJ Brown's going to do bad. I just I'm way too worried when I'm taking picks up here at the top three rounds I want m- much more sure things than anything um, and so AJ Brown to me is not a sure sure thing and so I will be avoiding AJ Brown at, you know at the two three turn very next pick in the ADP. Um, I agree with what you had said, him switching teams. Now, if he was still on the same team and he was in that ADP, I would say you're crazy because um, him and Tannehill did have a, a good connection when he was healthy. Um, For sure. But uh, m- moving on to the very next pick in the ADP, 27 overall, roughly beginning in the third round, um, we've got Kyle Pitts, who at this point I think is the second or thir- third tight end off the board. Um, did he even play last year? Like I don't remember him doing anything in fantasy. Um, he might he might have had a couple good relevant games. Um, while I'm talking, if you want to look it up, tell me where he finished. You can, but I mean, I'm looking at some of the tight ends. You know, around after him, Darren Waller, George Kittle, um, T.J. Hawkinson. I'd rather have them over Kyle Pitts. Um, and um, T.J. Hawkinson is a, almost a full twenty picks after him. Um, so I I'm not a big fan. Marcus Mariota's QB over Matt or versus Matt Ryan probably factors into that quite a bit. I don't think Mariota's going to get him the ball as much as Matt Ryan would have. Um, so, Gar, did you find anything? How did he finish last yeah, year? Yeah, no. He so he finished in, P- in full PPR. He finished as the tight end six in standard scoring. He finished as the tight end nine. He had 110 targets, 68 receptions, over a thousand yards. Um, so that's you know little like 9.3 yards per target yards per catch was 15 uh the biggest knock on kyle pitts last year is he only had one touchdown um so that's kind of what really held him back from breaking into that like it probably with four or five touchdowns he probably would have been tight end three um and so that's just the biggest thing is that he um he did not have the touchdowns last year. So I like Kyle Pitts personally. I'm not going to say again, I'm not going to sit here and break down everything what you said, but I would be very happy taking Kyle Pitts in the third round. I think he's going to be, you know, he's a top two receiver on that team. So even if it is Marcus Mariota throwing, like Marcus Mariota, Delaney Walker was a valuable fantasy asset when, you know, Marcus Mariota was throwing the rock in Tennessee. So I personally like Kyle Pitts, but I hear what you're saying. There is a lot of uncertainty there, but I think the floor for Kyle Pitts is pretty safe considering he's probably the best receiving option on that team. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, if, if um, he were to fall to like the end of the third, late mid, yeah, I'd probably take him. But um, I just I just don't want to waste. I'm just, I guess I have a bad taste in my mouth after taking Darren Waller last year early. <laughs> so maybe it's just that. Yeah, you did that. You hated that pick immediately too. You're like, you like went full tilt. I think someone yeah, sniped your guy right, right before and you're like, God damn it. And then, yeah, that was the demise of your fantasy season right there. But um, so that's all four of our bums each. We both had five bums. Um, again, I had Austin Eckler, Debo Samuel, Javante Williams, and AJ Brown. Josh, your four bums were... Najee Harris, Debo Samuel, Leonard Furnett, and Kyle Pitts. All right, there we go. So if you guys care about what we think, which you should, because we're the greatest fantasy players on the planet, uh, avoid avoid those guys in the top 36 in your drafts. Moving I'm on. I'm undefeated in 2022. 
that's that's true. Uh, moving on, we're going to have some bots and some babes intermingled here. So these are guys between rounds like 4 and 8, 4 and 10, uh, who we're either going to reach for or we're going to avoid. So babes are players we'd reach for, would take at least a round before their ADP, and bots are players we're avoiding in the mid-rounds. So, Josh, we're again tied uh, for a bot. I'll let you go first this time. Yeah, Travis at ETN, um, Jacksonville running back, um, in case you guys didn't know because he didn't touch the ball at all last year. Uh, currently projected at 46 overall, around middle of round, or near the end of round four. Um, I just, I see a lot of names after him that I'd much rather have on my team. Granted, he's supposed to be a good receiving threat, um, but until we see it on the field, I'm not going to waste it on a guy who spent the entire season rehabbing a Liz Frank or Achilles. I don't even remember. Um, so, bot. I think it was Achilles. I mean, my, my, I guess I wasn't sitting here looking down the list and going, there's a bunch of guys I like over him. I just looked at Travis Etienne and Vacken and I'm like, this is not, like, obviously we all remember what Urban Meyer was the guy last year and that whole organization, that, or I shouldn't say that whole organization, but that whole, you know, admin staff and that whole coaching staff, that's who took Travis Etienne. And so now it's Doug Peterson and Doug Peterson's staff. And so this is only in his second year, Travis Etienne has a completely different staff than who drafted him. And so if we're talking at the end of the fifth round, I still don't, there's just way too much or end of the fourth round beginning of the fifth round um there's still just way too much uncertainty for me to be comfortable with um and um yeah so for that reason i would not be touching travis Etienne just because he's never played in the nfl he got hurt in his rookie year and then he was out the whole rookie year um as i remember maybe had one or two games in there i don't even recall but way way too much uncertainty for me i am just fading travis Etienne. someone might make a chance and travis Etienne could be a league winner i will not take that chance yeah uh moving on so at uh kind of right at the beginning of the fifth round um somebody i would take you know and and this is someone i'd take you know early fourth um potentially um if if i didn't like anybody else on the board but michael Pittman, wide receiver for indianapolis he's got a new quarterback coming in someone with a little bit more accuracy who's used to throwing the ball at the big body um julio uh matt ryan came into town so instantly i think that improved his um value when i was looking at the wrong uh timeline of people um he was actually i'm trying to find it um number uh he was 58 back in may now he's 48 so he's already rising the boards um, so we'll just pretend he's still at 58 because then it's an even better value. Um, but yeah, I would take him, I would take him over guys like, uh, Deontay Johnson, who has, like I said, the, uh, the racist reindeer, um, as a QB, um, Terry McLaurin has Carl Wentz coming in. Um, and you know, guys like, uh, Darren Waller who already burned me. So I'd take him over <laughs> those guys who are about around ahead of him in the ADP. Gotcha. And to be clear, I know I heard you, the fans heard me crack it earlier, but I'm sitting here sipping on an Arnie Palm. <laughs> And I got some Welch's um, Island fruit fruit snacks, so I just want to brag. Oh, good for you. Yeah, brag about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, over here. I also wanted to talk a little bit just because you're going to have two players in a row here, so I don't feel like you'd be so, doing so much talking um, concurrently or consecutively, so I just wanted to break it up, and then you can talk about your next babe. Yeah, but uh, we'll just say that this is the intermission because uh, you're over there eating fruit snacks, and I've been on been on a mashed potatoes diet i've had 15 freaking bags of idaho instant mashed potatoes since last thursday because oh, yeah, of the stupid skin graft yeah you didn't even talk about that at the top of the show we didn't do it how you doing nope nope going in tomorrow morning late. because 
because there was a tear. And then last night I was eating dinner. I felt something fall out. Sure enough, the graft fell off. So now I'm going in tomorrow. I've got four stitches in my mouth doing nothing. So it's just like, <laughs> but yeah, my next babe quarterback, Joey B. This is just for Mick. I really have no reason other than Mick is cool. So uh, Joey B, uh, middle of the fifth round. He's a babe. So, but to be clear, if you're saying he's a babe, you would take him the middle of the fourth round? Because this is players you take 12 picks ahead of their ADP. So you'd take Joe Burrow in the fourth? <laughs> Did I? <laughs> Hello? You broke me. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I wrote the rules, and I still disobeyed. Because I was just looking at Like I was saying, I would take him around the same time as Justin Herbert. Um, which is the beginning of the fourth round. So, yeah, sure. Okay. These are, you literally wrote the rules. Okay. Um, all right. Well, my next, babe, because I would – so this player is at an ADP of 55.2. That means they'd be going around the mid of round five. I'd happily take them in the fourth round. I'm talking running back Elijah Mitchell. We've already seen I won't I don't want to say elite ceiling out of Elijah Mitchell because that's probably um being overly dramatic, but we've seen that when Elijah Mitchell is healthy, um Shanahan out there in San Fran is not afraid to make him the guy. So this is more of a boom bust play. Um like I said, Travis Etienne could be. So there's not as much certainty with Elijah Mitchell. There's not any certainty with 49ers running backs, but this is a high upside play with Elijah Mitchell, and I'd be happy to make it the fourth one just because it's already been proven that it's possible. With Travis Etienne, nothing's been proven. With Elijah Mitchell, I'd very happily take him in the fourth round because I've seen what he can do in San Fran. Um, so that's why I like Elijah as a babe and be happy to reach on him. Yeah. Yeah. I'll try and vent some. or vamp. Uh, uh, Your turn, Gar. Nailed it. All right. I got a bot here next. This is at ADP 60. That's going to be, you know, right at the right at the um, end of the sixth round or end of the fifth round, beginning of the sixth round. Math can be hard sometimes, but I don't like Marquise Brown. Hollywood Brown traded from the um, Baltimore Ravens to the Arizona Cardinals. Even in the air raid offense, I just think there's too many mouths to feed. Like, were, were any Arizona receivers, like, really that coveted last year? Like, I feel like if I ever – I could be – I'm just – this is all off memory. I didn't look up any stats, so maybe I'm, you know, being bad right now. But I don't think DeAndre Hopkins impressed. I don't think Christian Kirk impressed. I don't think Rondell Moore impressed. I don't think Zach Ertz impressed. Like, was anyone out in Arizona that was catching balls last year, were any of them impressive? I don't think so. And so now you're adding another mouth to feed. Um, even though Christian Kirk's gone, got that big Jaguar contract. But – I, I have no faith in Marquise Brown being a good fantasy asset, so I think it's a bot. I'm avoiding him. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins was a uh, wide receiver 45 last year. Yeah, so boo. He only played 10 games. Still boo. In the 10 games he played, he was wide receiver one. That's not true. No, it's not. You're right. Um, but yeah, so no, I agree that... Um, I was going to put him down, but we had a lot of overlaps already. Um, I do think that the only reason they traded for him was because he can read better than Kyler. Um, <laughs> Someone's got to teach him. to run that joke into the ground. It's like Hector yep. Zeroni so, I mean, getting with the uh, name like Mar- Stanley Elnats over there teaching Hector Zeroni how to read. That's what's happening right now. I mean, with a name like Marquise, you got to learn how to read pretty early if you want to write your name down. So what Kyler's you're telling me name is- was probably Kyler growing up. <laughs> so Kyler Murray is really good at digging five-foot holes then. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how he'd get out of them, but uh, yeah. 
Hey, Hector Zeroni was pretty short, too. Anyways, we don't have to sit here and keep making holes references. I had Marquise Brown as a bot. Hollywood Brown, I'm avoiding in the, at the end of round five, beating around six. Josh, you've got a babe. Who is it and why? Uh, so with the very next kind of in the ADP, 61, 62, uh, early sixth round, um, Allen Robinson, um, who last year was being drafted around the third round, fourth round in some leagues, I would definitely take him in the fifth round with a new quarterback in Matt Stafford. Um, he, you know, he's one of those wideouts that switches teams, and I think he could have an immediate impact because Cooper Cup's going to be stealing some targets. Van Jefferson's going to be humming along the sidelines with his speed. Uh, so yeah, I think Allen Robinson as a possession receiver is going to do just fine there. Um, he burnt me last year, so I, I, you know, shame on me or fool me once, shame on. You can't get fooled twice. Bailed but, the George uh, Bush. Thank you, W. <laughs> but. Uh, I, I definitely think that he's going to have kind of a bounce You're back. Here. Rumor has it. Uh, rumor has it that uh, Justin Fields was told to throw the ball at the ground, and if he could hit it, uh, they wouldn't have to run. And that team is still running as the ball hits orbit. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I have him as a babe going into um, somewhere, or I would take him around the fifth round. All right, Josh, I'll sit here and interrupt you for just a second because you'll be talking twice in a row, but you've got a bot next, and this is a bot I'm surprised to see because I thought about making this player a babe. You obviously have no faith in the 30 for 30 throwing the rock to this guy, but who's your bot, Josh, and why? Uh, Michael Thomas uh, coming off of what should have been a six-game injury that ended up being a full season, and then some rumor says he wasn't fully ready yet. Um, I don't know. It just it just seems a little odd. Uh, but then they got, like you said, they got crab legs himself tossing the rock. So odds are, you know, he may get some receptions if he's throwing it to the other guy and it goes to Michael Thomas. But I just, yeah, I don't see, I wouldn't see myself taking him around the sixth round. Now, if he fell to like the eighth round, maybe. Yeah, I'd take a shot at it. All right, let it be known on the pod last year. I know it was either a preseason pod or maybe this exact pod last year. Um, I said Michael Thomas would not take a snap in the year 2021 or in the 2021 season. I was 100% correct. I knew that shit. I knew that shit. So I just want to give myself some credit because I deserve it. Um, but yeah, you've got Michael Thomas as a bot. I'm not afraid of Michael Thomas. Maybe this mid-sixth round is a little too early for me, but... End of the sixth, mid-seventh, I'd take him. I'm not completely avoiding him in the drafts, I don't think. Um, but I'm up next. I've got a babe. I like A.J. Dillon. Um, obviously, we've seen what he could do last year. Aaron Jones is a force to be reckoned with, so this is another high upside play for me. If Aaron Jones is healthy 17 games this year, A.J. Dillon is not going to be that great of a fantasy asset. He'll probably sit on your bench unless you're like in bye week woes. If AJ, if uh, Aaron Jones goes down, A.J. Dillon, I think, instantly becomes like a top 10 running back. So that's that's what this play is for me. I would happily reach on A.J. Dillon in the mid of the fifth round um, because it's just a, such a high upside play. Well, that's what I like him for, Josh. Why you reached on A.J. Dillon, you packa? I mean, yeah. I mean, the quadacy. I mean, come on. Come on. Although at Lambeau Field, he did almost get arrested by a cop who didn't know who he was, which is kind of funny. Um, but, uh, I mean, like you said, he's shown what he can do when he has the lead. Um, I think that running two back sets is going to be a little bit more common now that there's literally no pass catchers on the field except for Aaron Jones. Um, so they might split him out and have A.J. have that kind of run-pass option. Um, but, I mean, yeah, durability of Jones is is – not necessarily a concern, um, but it is something that, you know, keep an eye out. He, I don't think he's played a full season, but, you know, everybody gets nicks and bruises here and there. Um, and so um, there's just, 
I, I, I do like his upside. I think that even with Jones playing, he'd still have value. And I'm not just saying that because he's my second running back in the best ball league. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so I do I do like AJ Dillon, and I definitely take him. You know, I've already talked about over some guys, but I take him over Ceh um, in a heartbeat. I'm, I'd take him over Miles Sanders three times, dude. I've avoided Miles Sanders for three years. I don't understand how Miles Sanders keeps getting drafted. You think his ADP would just plummet because he's such a disappointment. But So Nikita took him last year, I think, at like round two or round three. I know and I said something at the draft. He was like, Nikita, what are you doing? And that was her Darren Waller pick. That was her like instant regret where something was sniped right before her pick. Gotcha. So it was more of a, more of a tilt pick. Gotcha, gotcha. Yep. Uh, all right, well, we had the same babe there in A.J. Dillon. Now we have the same bot. Um, I, I guess I don't know, even know how spicy these takes are at this point. I don't. We didn't really do a spicy meet in front of these. But at ADP 75.2, that would be kind of the first half of round seven if you're in a 12-man league. Um, this is tight end Dallas Goddard. Um, the If you want to go ahead and look at historical data, to be a really good tight end, you have to be either the number one or the number two in target share on your team. In Philadelphia, there is now Devontae Smith and the guy we talked about earlier, A.J. Brown. So I'm already uncertain about Jalen Hurts myself. He's a fine fantasy quarterback, but uh, that doesn't mean he's going to have a great supporting cast. So if you have A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith ahead of Dallas Goddard in the pecking order, I don't want Dallas Goddard in round seven. No chance. I would maybe take Dallas Goddard round 11, but uh, yeah, definitely not in round seven. So I'm not taking uh, Dallas Goddard. That's why I hate him. Why do you hate him, Josh? Uh, pretty much the same reason. A lot of miles to feed, and they don't throw the ball enough to... Uh you know, warrant taking him in the early seventh. Um, he finished as tight end 10 last year in PPR, I believe, or no, it's standard. Um, so it's not like, you know, I mean, I don't, yeah, I wouldn't take him at, I don't think he's a tight, tight end 10. I think that he got lucky in the situation and now his target share is going to drop. So um, I wouldn't take him. And I say this is a guy who owns Dallas Goddard in my Hidden Oaks tanking dynasty league. Like I, I drafted Dallas Goddard as a rookie, and I really liked him. And uh, I'm disappointed that I have to be calling him a bot here. But yeah, Dallas Goddard is not, I don't think, a valuable asset at this time. But if you're in my dynasty yeah, league, not- you didn't hear me say that, and I love Dallas Goddard. You should trade me a second round pick for him. No, I mean, I definitely, I have him in the deflate these balls league. He's my, he's my backup tight end. So I'm not too upset about it. I'll sometimes. Oh, it's a backup. That's fine. I'll sometimes toss him in the flex if it, if I need to, but yeah, him, um, he's 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 got some potential in there. It's just you know his quarterback situation hasn't always been the prettiest. All right, all right, moving on at ADP eighty one point one. That's kind of the back half of round seven. This is a babe, Rashad Bateman. I would happily take Rashad Bateman in the sixth round. Um, Hollywood Brown gets shipped out of town. Obviously, the Baltimore Ravens are not known for throwing a lot of passes. When they do throw passes, they're going to either Mark Andrews or the wide receiver one with Hollywood Brown at Rashad Bateman is that wide receiver one, so I would happily take Rashad Bateman. The opportunity for success is there. It doesn't mean it's going to happen, but I believe this to be a very high upside play, and so that's why I would happily reach on Rashad Bateman, who is currently going second half of the seventh round. I would happily take him um, mid early to mid-sixth round. That would be no problem for me. I like Rashad Bateman. He's a babe for me. Did I already do my four babes? Or did I? Oh, yeah, I did. Um yeah, no, I agree with that. He was one of the ones that was I was toying with. But um, going on to my, I believe, final bot, um, end of the seventh round, late mid, um, running back 
Cordell Patterson. I know last year he came out as a shock with uh, you know his dual eligibility, running back, wide receiver. He could have been a league winner for some people. Um, but I do, I don't think that he's going to be able to repeat that value. A lot of it was, you know, no, no film on what he was doing. He had Matt Ryan. They had, um, you know, the the new shiny toy in Kyle Pitts. Uh, Todd Gurley was still technically on the roster, so maybe people were afraid of him. Um, but uh, no, I'm just kidding about that last part. By the way, um, I don't. I, think I don't. Todd I just don't dead. think. Ah, uh, yeah, probably. I just, I just don't see, you know, myself taking him at the seventh round. It, um, you know, if he fell to the ninth round, tenth round, probably because at that point I probably only have one running back. But uh, <laughs> yeah, is Keyshawn still available? Um, all right, yeah, uh, I, 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 I would agree. I even Corderell Patterson, he has. I think his ADP is more fair than I expected it to be on this list. Like I thought Corderell, Corderell Patterson would be like a round four, five, six guy. To see him all the way down here at like the beginning of the eighth round, end of the seventh round, I think that's a fair ADP. Uh, I still would not be touching him though. Um, my last spot, Josh, is going to be Gabriel Davis. This one has been another player who's kind of been making the rounds in like kind of the the dead off season here, the dead days of summer. Um, Gabriel Davis has been a high talking point because some players or some pe- people are really heavily investing because Gabriel Davis has flashed um, when when he's had opportunity in Buffalo. But I think Gabriel Davis is way overhyped. I hate Gabriel Davis. I will not be touching him even at an ADP of, you know. Uh, beginning of the eighth round i don't like it i'm avoiding him i don't know if you this, like this is one of those like i forget who was one of the most controversial players in fantasy last year but gabriel davis is gonna be one of the most controversial players in fantasy this year what do you think about him um i honestly don't know enough he has a very generic name and he plays for a very generic football team um with a lot of mouths to feed at that uh, receiver position already I, I guess with beasley gone um but uh yeah i mean I guess I wouldn't. I, I agree that I don't want to take him in the eighth round, um, but uh, I'd have to do some, a deep dive on the research first. All right. Speaking of giving a deep dive, um, would you like to? So I'm looking up some numbers here real quick for Walter's comment in the chat. But do you, Josh, uh, Walter's asked you how many Packers wide receivers are you targeting? Well, I mean, it depends on what he's gonna, where he's gonna provide this list. Is he gonna give it to the FBI? Is he gonna give it to social <laughs> services? What? targeting um dawson knox or gabe davis uh, dawson, dawson knox. knox yeah that's that's a little e- easy um but as far as how many packers wide receivers i'm targeting seven i think are going into camp so i'll target six <laughs> which one are you avoiding then sammy don't watkins? talk about it okay um yeah, but anyways well, sammy watkins thinks he's a lizard so Sure. Anyways, uh, in the chat, Walters also put Babe, MVS, Bot, Amari Cooper. So to be clear, Walters, I'm sure you won't disagree with this, but you're saying MVS is a Babe, so you take him at least a round ahead of his ADP. MVS is now famously a wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs. He is going at the back end of the 11th round with an ADP of 130. So that's MVS, and then I have to look up Amari Cooper here real quick, see what his ADP is. Amari Cooper, or nope, that's Amari Rogers. Jesus, there's more than one Amari. Amari Amari Cooper Cooper is ADP 51. Yep, 51.3. So you're saying you're not taking Mari Cooper in the fifth round, which, I mean, I think that's fair. Some people want to avoid him. It kind of really does depend on the Deshaun Watson situation. Um, if Deshaun Watson only gets a six-game suspension, I wouldn't be afraid to put Amari Cooper in my back pocket in the fifth round, um, just like I wouldn't be afraid to put Alvin Kamara in my back pocket in, like, the second round. Um, 
because I mean, what you really care about is you know the championship weeks. Like you want to you want to win games early just to rack up wins. But what really matters is those later weeks in fantasy. So I would not call Amari Cooper a bot, and I would not call MVS a babe. But um, those are Walter's opinions. Josh, how do you feel about them? Indifferent. I I I I feel like both of those are kind of fair evaluations for where they're at. Okay. All right, Walters. Josh, just nothing to you. Josh was full of apathy for you. Uh, but we'll move on to kind of the last section here. Oh, oh, do I have one more babe? Oh, God, I have one more babe. You so Gay Davis is a bot. And then way down here is a babe. We were talking about Javante Williams earlier. Melvin Gordon in this eight. This this actually genuinely shocked me. Currently at ADP 104. This is like the back half of the ninth round. Why is Melvin Gordon going so much later? Like, Melvin Gordon's stats were absolutely fine last year. Like, Melvin Gordon was a good tandem punch with Javante Williams. Why Melvin Gordon is going so much further down ADP, that's crazy. I would take... So, Melvin Gordon is going at the back half of the ninth round, and we're saying a babe is someone we'd take 12 picks ahead. I would take Melvin Gordon in the sixth round. Like, that, I would take him three rounds ahead of what his ADP is right now. If I can get the value of Melvin Gordon in the eighth round, absolutely. But I wouldn't be afraid to take Melvin Gordon in the sixth. Like, I am that confident Melvin Gordon's going to do good um, again in Denver. So why his ADP is so fucking low, I don't know. But this is the list we were provided. And so at an ADP of 104, I am smashing Melvin Gordon as a babe, dude. I would take him rounds ahead of that. This is the part where maybe you say something? Yeah. Even just acknowledgement of ex- existence? Yeah, no, no, good. I'm, I'm happy you made that uh, statement. I disagree, though. Um, you disagree? I, I mean, well, let's hear why. Not, not necessarily with all of it. I was just trying to figure out what I could say. Um, <laughs> you just wanted to disagree, disagree for the... <laughs> for no, the- no, I, I don't agree with the people who are fading him. I do think he had fi- did fine for the role he was given. Um, he is, he was, he finished the season as RB 22, um, which, you know, it's not, not the best, not the worst. Um, and so it kind of puts not him bad around enough to go in the ninth round. Right. No, that's, I, I, that's what I'm, I'm saying. Um, but you know, when you look at the RB 22, would you take him over, um, AJ Dillon? Mm, no. Would you take him over Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Yes. Would you take him over me? Yes. Okay, well, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is trash, so that makes sense. Um, but what, what about, like, Damian Harris? Yeah, I'd take him over Damian Harris. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't... I don't know. It's he's he's one of those weird players, and I think that a lot of the reason why he's getting faded even further is because they're saying Javante Williams is going to be uh, more of a three-down back this season, um, coming off of that of a rookie year, and then he has Russell Wilson there, so that he might throw the ball more. So that might be why he's getting faded. I don't I don't know. I'd take him at the ninth round, pretty pretty fast, um, but I probably wouldn't reach up, you know, full round ahead like we would with the babes. Interesting. Okay. Um, Walters put in the chat any Buffalo RB or Melvin. Um, I, I mean, James Cook, I think, is a high upside play. Devin Singletary and Zach Moss have proved themselves to be worthless as, as far as fantasy goes. So um, I would take Melvin over James Cook, but I think James Cook is the best high upside one to have out of Buffalo. Um, but we'll move on to our buttes here, Josh. Um, De- um, Devin Singletary finished higher last season than Melvin Gordon. That's fine. Still doesn't mean I want to start him in fantasy. Yeah. 
Um, anywho, and that's kind of like another one of those high upside things. Like we're, I, I'm not, I'm not sitting here trying to will Javante Williams to go down, but like Devin Singletary was kind of at his ceiling last year. Whereas if Javante Williams go down, goes down, Melvin Gordon's ceiling is so much higher, just like AJ Dillon's. I guess is Fair. my point. Yep. It's it's a high upside. Uh, it's a high upside play. Um, but moving on to our buttes here, this is our last category of Bs. We've got five players each, and to be clear, our buttes are league winners after round ten. My first butte, you know, I love them. Give me some Kirk Cousins. I mean, they're not. We're not going full rounds. I do, Rams. I don't expect Kirk Cousins to be like an elite quarterback, but he's been the QB one forever. Not forever, that's a lie, but definitely consistently the last couple of years. I have no reason to think Kirk Cousins will have any sort of regression now with an offensive-minded head coach in Kevin O'Connell and some more stability in that offensive system. Um, so, I mean, in round 11, I think Kirk Cousins is a great value pick. And in a lot of leagues, you can probably get him a lot later than that just because QBs do get pushed down so far um, in redraft leagues, So especially with experienced redraft players. So I think Kirk Cousins is a steal um after round 10 and so i will i'll, I'll be smashing her cousins wherever i can i think he's a beaut you're lucky this is in a uh, fantasy state grilling league but uh my first beaut uh almost two rounds after what uh, or one and a half full rounds after his or Kirk cousins adp we've got uh running back for the houston texans Marlon Mack, I know that you're you've always been a big fan, and, oh. and I've always kind of faded in faded running backs off the Achilles tear. Um, he's you know he's a year and a half now, two years fully um, healed. Last season, you know they gave him some reps. I didn't get to watch him, so I couldn't tell you how he is. But if the, you're taking a you know if you're playing in a league where you draft 15, 16 spots, typically you know kickers and defenses the last two rounds, unless you're going for a high a top tier kicker um, or a top tier defense. But uh, if this is going to be your last skill player, um, not not a bad call taking Marlon Mack in the 13th. Um, I would say, you know, for for his you know new team, new situation, they don't have much of a running back. Davis Mills is, you know, a, a giraffe at the quarterback. But uh, um, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out for him. Yeah, no, I mean, Marlon Mack, as, I mean, as it stands right now, of course, this is July. As it stands right now, Marlon Mack is projected to be the starting running back in Houston. Not that Houston's a super high upside team, but to get a starting running back in around 13, that's nuts. Like, like I wanted to put Marlon Mack as a butte, uh, but then I stayed away because I think I was trying to go for every position here at the, in the last one. But, like, I, I'm with you on Marlon Mack. I fully support Marlon Mack in the 13th round. Are you fucking kidding me? And the, to be clear, players after round 10, these are guys who, if they suck for two, three, four weeks, you're cutting them. So it's not like drafting him and then seeing what he does for a couple weeks is not a big deal. This is not a season-long commitment. If Marlon Max flashes like we hope he could early, you keep him, and maybe that's league winner. If Marlon Max stinks for three, four weeks, cut him. No big deal. It's a 10th round or 13th round draft pick. Who cares? So I'm with you on Marlon Mack. Um, going for the same philosophy here, I love Devontae Parker. I've, I've been a been Devontae Parker fan uh, in a points-per-game basis. When he plays, when he's healthy, Devontae Parker does pretty good, or at least he did down in Miami. Um and I think a little news flashes came up today that the chemistry between him and Devont or him and Mac Jones in New England is evident. And so obviously that's early camp reports. I'm not saying I'm reading too much into it, but that on top of the fact that I already like Devontae Parker um, in the 13th round again, like as you're saying, as a like a last as a last skill player before kickers and defense. If you're still playing in leagues with those, I like Devonte. I like a flyer on Devontae Parker, and maybe he turns into something. Maybe you can trade him for something else after three four weeks. And if he turns into nothing, you can cut him. But I like Devontae Parker's a beaut. I think there's plenty of upside there in the 13th round 
For sure. There's not there's not going to be a whole lot of disagreement with what we're talking about as buttes because they are so late, like you said, where they could be cut that they suck. Um, but one one of my buttes, um, somebody who's projected at early 14th round, uh, I have Matt Ryan, quarterback, Indianapolis Colts. Um, going into a new situation, dominant offensive line, running back that can catch the ball, running back that's going to take stress off the pass game. He's got a big body, Michael Pittman. He's got Mo Ali Cox. He's got Alec Pierce, who's a rookie phenom, who's going to be a stud. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but uh, I have Matt Ryan. You know, if, if if you're one of those people who, like Gar has mentioned before in the past, waits till the very end to take a quarterback um, or, or a tight end, um, I like Matt Ryan um, at, in the 14th round. You know, if, he, if it didn't shake out the way you wanted to get a guy, a top-tier quarterback in the middle, early rounds. Yeah, I, I've no, I don't feel strongly about Matt Ryan. I'm pretty mad on Matt Ryan, but I wouldn't be afraid to throw a late-round flyer on Matt Ryan if I had gone zero QPU up until that point in a redraft. So I hear what you're saying. I uh, maybe, maybe just don't feel as strongly as you do. But um, we both have the same butte here. Oh, Matt Ryan or Carson Wentz? Matt Ryan, for sure, for sure. Matt Ryan. Yeah. I guess I'm not afraid to draft Carson Wentz. Like Between those two options, it's Matt Ryan every time. If Carson Wentz is still on the board and I, have, like, I haven't taken a QB since the end of the draft, I'm not af- like I'm not fading Carson Wentz, but if, if the choice is between those two, I'll take Matt Ryan every time. Because um, if you're taking QB that late, you're just waiting to see how they do, or you're 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 riding the waiver wire. So I will draft Carson Wentz. It's not saying I'm going to keep him for 16 games, so 17 games, whatever it is. Um, but we've got the, both the same butte here, Josh. ADP of 167.6. That's you know start of the 15th round, end of the 14th round. Robert Tunyon. We've seen what big Bobby Tunyon can do when Devontae isn't around. Like, he had that one flash in the pan year, a lot of touchdowns, and then he burnt, absolutely burned everyone last year, both Devontae gone, the opportunities there. I'm obviously not sitting here advocating taking Robert Tunyon in the eighth round. I'm not saying take Robert Tunyon in the tenth round. At the fifteenth round, at the end of their draft, if you win zero tight ends, you're just hoping for a flyer, and then you're going to ride the wire. Robert Tunyon's a fine guy to draft and just see if he can do something the first couple weeks. So, I'm pretty sure we're going to have the same exact thinking here, but the opportunity is there for Tunyon. He has top five potential. Yes. Yeah, he only played eight games last year. Uh, didn't do so hot. Um, he got hurt. I'm trying to pull it up, but I can't because phones are slow and fingers are bad. Um, but yeah, in the games that he did play, he didn't do a whole lot. He had some opportunities. He had, um, I think the most targets he had was seven. Um, but, you know, Devontae was on the team. He only had two touchdowns and then he got hurt. Uh, so he's coming back off that ACL tear. Um, and so I do think that, uh, it's going to open, open up for him a lot more. Um, and so I agree opportunity. Right. And then, so I, I went kind of one of each position. I see we both have the same butte here as well. Um, I, maybe I'd go like Logan Thomas or Joshua Palmer or Julio Jones. I'm sure Julio Jones or Roby Anderson will Julio Jones specifically will probably shoot up draft boards now because he was just signed what today or yesterday. Um, so yep. I'm just kind of looking at players in this range. But since I wanted to go one of each position here for a sleeper or for a, a butte as we're calling him here, uh, Brian Robinson running back uh, for the Washington Commanders. He's got an ADP of 188.4. That's 16th round. Some some fantasy leagues don't even go 16 rounds. So this guy could be undrafted um, depending on where you're playing but I mean Antonio Gibson's a fine running back Brian Robinson was drafted on purpose Brian Robinson is kind of I think to me the upside of Brian Robinson is he's getting goal line work if they're trying to do like beefy jumbo packages Antonio Gibson I think would be like more of a sweet play more of like a more of a he's not a scat back necessarily but he's more similar to that than like some beefy bruiser who's gonna you know he's he's Brian Robinson's more similar to the quad than 
um, you know, something else. So I like Brian Robinson, a high upside play. Again, this is the 16th round player. Brian Robinson will probably go undrafted in a lot of your drafts. But if you want a, a last, you know, a last skill guy, maybe you win zero RB and you're just praying for a bunch of lottery tickets at the end, grab Brian Robinson at the end. You know, let him sit on your bench a couple weeks. See if he does something. Maybe he has a couple touchdowns, and so you can either trade him or you know you, you play him in a pinch. But I think Brian Robinson, again, we're not going to really disagree. These guys are so late, but I think there's plenty of opportunity for Brian Robinson, especially if Gibson goes down. There's Jaden McKissick there, but Jaden McKissick is the third down receiving back. Brian Robinson's the bruiser. So I like Brian Robinson for a touchdown upside. And Jaden McKissick go to a new team? No, nah, he almost went to Buffalo, but then J.D. McKissick re-signed with the Commanders. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I, I think I have him in a couple of the dynasty leagues that I'm in. Um, I like his upside. Uh, they obviously drafted him for a reason. They drafted him in the third round, so it's not like he was a 17th round draft pick or 7th round draft pick for the team. Um, so they took him, you know, because they wanted him. Um, and so granted, you know, Jacksonville took Travis Etienne in the first round. Um, but uh yeah, so I, I do like his situation where he is. I, obviously, he's a bigger-bodied guy, um, and he's a little bit older. He's 23 already, so he's he's coming in the league after five years in college. But uh, he, uh, I, I do think that the goal line work, and if um, once his nuts goes down, um, he, he has an opportunity to take advantage. All right. Those were Favre Buttes, Josh. We've given you Favre bums. All right, let's, let's go through the list one more time here. Um, just read them off rapid fire. I'll go with my 16 players and you'll go with your 16 players. My Favre bums were Austin Eckler, Debo Samuel, Javante Williams, and A.J. Brown. I'm fading those guys early in drafts. My four bots were Travis Etienne, Marquise Brown, um, Dallas Goddard, and Gabriel Davis. My Favre babes were Elijah Mitchell, A.J. Dillon, Oh my God! Uh, Rashad Bateman and Melvin Gordon, and my Favre Buttes were Kirk Cousins, Devonte Parker, Robert Tunyon, and Brian Robinson. Josh, you're 16. So we've got for bums: Najee Harris, Debo Samuel, Leonard Fournette, and Kyle Pitts. Uh, for bots, oh no! Here, I'll make it for easy bots, for you. Uh, we've got tra- just scroll up uh, for. Yep, I got it now. Uh, for bots, Travis Etienne, Michael Thomas, Dallas Goddard, and Kurt Lorel Patterson. For babes, we've got Michael Pittman, Joe Burrow, Allen Robinson, and A.J. Dillon. And for buttes, we've got Marlon Mack, Matt Ryan, Robert Tunyon, and Brian Robinson. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a pleasure. My wife made chicken. It smells delicious. I am signing off. Have a great well, evening, garlic. Real, real quickly, before you abandon me, I just want to talk about our preseason pod schedule. So we're doing Wednesdays, right? For the folks listening, we're doing Wednesdays starting in August. Yes, no, maybe? Or preseason, I believe. Yeah, that works. But then we'll have to switch because I have church on Wednesday nights after that. Right. Um, so, well, anyway, so then August 17th, we'll be back with our first 272. Then August 24th, that's a Wednesday. Um, does August have 31 days? I don't know. Either way, that Wednesday, either August 31st or September 1st, whichever it is. Yeah, August 31st will be the hood draft grades after our redraft draft. And then we might switch to Tuesdays or whatever we're doing starting September. But we'll be coming at you a couple Wednesdays starting mid-August. So be ready be looking for those and we appreciate you listening and uh football season's almost here everyone's in training camp and shit is fucking crazy josh i hope you go enjoy that beautiful chicken your wife prepared yeah if i can eat it she has to blend it first <laughs> why don't you just baby birdie why don't you just have her chew it first and spit it into your mouth 
No, I can chew it if it's on the right side of my mouth. So I'll probably uh, cut it off, cut it up into little tiny pieces, put it in there, make sure it gets right in the back of my mouth, and then chew it up a little bit, complain. I don't want to do this anymore, and then I'll just swallow it anyways. All right. Thanks for listening, Walters, and thanks for listening to anyone who listens on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever else you get your podcasts. We'll be coming at you mid-August. We look forward to it. Get in the Discord. Um, do you have yes, last we do, Walters. Upgrades? I'm not going to read them right now. Uh, what right. a random time to ask that question. <laughs> All Bye. right, everybody. Love you. Bye. Love you.